Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller and welcome to Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk three days a week here in the off season. And you can find all those episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, or at various other places like iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, and we'll be there without question. And you know what? I think I'd be remiss if I didn't give a big thank you to not only the doctors and nurses, medical personnel out there, people on the front lines, like my wife, Melissa, quite honestly, but also just other people out there who frankly make our modern standard of living quite possible because you know what during this whole period I've actually had quite a bit of work done on my house and it makes you realize boy if I didn't have other people to trade with other people who can do work for me that I am frankly incapable of doing well my life would be much much more difficult less comfortable satisfying the whole deal so basically I just want to say If anything positive comes out of this whole quarantine deal, I'm hoping that maybe we're, we just have more gratitude for each other and the types of things that we can do for each other and our incredible modern standard of living that I believe we're going to get back to sooner rather than later. But anyway, with all that being said, let's talk some sports, shall we? I actually want to share a bite from Locked On Chiefs by our friend Ryan Tracy because, well... I was listening to his show last night, in fact, and he was talking about Yasir Durant, so I want to share that with you guys. Also, Trey Jackson, former Missouri forward on the basketball team, has found a new home. But you know what? Let's start off talking more NFL, specifically the Mizzou Tigers in the NFL. So it's interesting. A lot of people are really, really excited about the Denver Broncos draft, and to me, I think Jerry Judy, that was a no-brainer to select him 15th. Either him or C.D. Lamb, no problem with either one of those picks. I mean, really, I think those guys are going to be multiple Pro Bowl-type players. So, really, it's just kind of your personal preference there as far as who is who is you like, who you do like as a player. But to me, the rest of the guys that the Broncos picked are still pretty obvious question marks. You know, we we mentioned the Hamler kid from Penn State yesterday, he could just be a gadget player. I don't know. Well, I'd have to break down his film a little more, but I don't think he's a sure thing by any stretch. He's certainly got the speed. But speaking of other guys who have the speed, well, Albert O, he can certainly run in a straight line, right? Former Missouri tight end, Albert Okuebunam, I believe it's pronounced. Yeah, we'll go with that for now. Well, Peter Thamel at Yahoo Sports actually thinks that he might be the biggest steal of all the SEC guys taken in the draft. He has a quote here from an anonymous evaluator GM type that says, I think 2018 was a way better year for him because of the quarterback position with Drew Locke. And of course, Drew reunites with Alberto in Denver. Finishing the quote here, his performance against Alabama in 2018, four catches for 47 yards, he was an issue for them out-messling them in the passing game. And again, I don't have any, as I've said before, I don't have any questions with Albert O's overall physical abilities, but I do have questions with him being able 
to separate from coverage. So the idea that he outmuscled some defenders isn't that big of a surprise to me. Basically, I'm just saying all of the people who are saying, okay, well, Denver now has weapons that are in the top half of the NFL. You know, even though they just signed Melvin Gordon from the Los Angeles Chargers, I just can't go quite that far yet. And I'm also not that big of a Melvin Gordon guy. He was okay two years ago. He was actually quite good two years ago, I should say. But really, his other three, four years in the league have been fairly pedestrian. So, I don't know. Let's not start writing home about the Denver Broncos offense just yet. I will say I'm glad they took an offensive lineman. That's encouraging. And, you know, hey, we're rooting for Drew Locke. That's all I know. Just saying, the jury's still out on Denver suddenly being this great offense. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. In other Tigers in the NFL news and analysis, Marcus Golden, one of our old favorites, right? Former defensive end. Well, apparently he's maybe taken a step toward reuniting with the Giants, but maybe not. It's really unclear at this point. But, well, the Giants did slap the rare unrestricted free agent tender on Marcus Golden. And basically what that means, even though Marcus Golden is an unrestricted free agent. He now has a compensatory draft pick associated with him. Now, let me try to explain this as clearly as I can. Essentially, the drop-dead date for this is now July 22nd. If If Marcus Golden does not sign with anybody other than the Giants, if he doesn't leave as a free agent, he can't find a a contract, well, then he's going to play on a one-year deal for the Giants for $4 million. Now, the deal is with any kind of tender, whether it's a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, is if that team, is if a new team comes in and, and signs the player, then the old team, in this case the Giants, would get a draft pick. Now, that makes some sense to me in terms of restricted free agency, why that sort of, a, of compensation would be attached, but quite frankly... It's I don't like that rule whatsoever, and it's inaccurate to call Marcus Golden an unrestricted free agent, really, if you slap a tender on him, because that's going to artificially lower his value for no other reason than you've made this arbitrary rule that, oh, the Giants can get a draft pick back, even though he's a, quote, unrestricted free agent. I don't know. To me, this is, how can this do anything but cost Marcus Golden money, potentially, and here's a guy who's come off, you know, a serious leg injury, a guy who's worked his tail off to rehab it and get back to the point where, you know, he last year was essentially his, hey, I'm going to sign a one-year deal and prove it season for Marcus. Well, to me, he proved it, and now the Giants, with this weird rule here, are kind of able to, you know, again, restrict his value a little bit. I, I don't know. To me, if I'm the players' union, that's something I'm looking at in the next collective bargaining agreement. And coming up, we'll have that bite from Locked On Chiefs about Yasir Durant and some Tiger basketball talk, including Trey Jackson finding a new home. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, I recently expressed a bit of surprise and disappointment that Yasir Durant, offensive lineman from Missouri, and DeMarcus Acey, former cornerback, weren't drafted. But you know what? I think both guys ended up in a pretty good spot. And especially, well, from my perspective as a Chiefs fan, I'm glad that the Chiefs were able to grab Yasir Durant. I really am. I I thought he always graded out well. I'm not an offensive line expert. But again, just based on my own sort of surface analysis of the whole thing, I'll take him as an undrafted guy. And, well, it turns out that Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, well, he might have been thinking along the same lines that I am. Let's let's hear what he had to say yesterday on his show. Now, uh, Yusir Durant over at Missouri did get signed. He was not drafted, though. I had a draftable field grade on him. Um, there was a lot of off-the-field issues, evidently, some very uh, big concerns about character. So I don't know if this is going to work out or if he's got a kind of a short lease. But we're going to see what happens. Uh, local guy coming in, everybody loves that, and I think that in a long shot, that is something that they could work out. So the fact that uh, Ryan had, again, had a solid field grade on Yasir Durant, that was good to hear. But then I was quite honestly shocked to hear that he had many character issues or off-the-field issues. I can't remember him ever, ever having one issue at Missouri. And quite honestly, I threw some feelers out to some sources I have at the university and they didn't come back with anything either. So I, I thought that was um, a bit bizarre and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to pick on Ryan Tracy here. I'm sure he's just talking about what his sources are telling him, what he's reading scouts. He talks to that kind of deal, but I just find that utterly bizarre. Where, where are these character issues coming from again we heard this with Jordan Elliott we heard it with Albert O in a couple places too I I think we, we've gone so far on this whole character issues thing it now just seems like an excuse to justify passing up on guys or why guys fell farther than maybe mock drafts said they should or what other evaluators said they should I'm really just confused by the whole deal to be honest with you character issues on guys that have never been arrested or in trouble or no no coat no spats with coaches now the guy the Chiefs took who punched his quarterback in the jaw and broke it now now there's a question there's something we should at least ask about now maybe ultimately that's a boys will be boys thing and he's not a bad dude fine I don't even know what we're talking about here with Yasir Durant or the other Tigers quite honestly or Albert O or Jordan Elliott. I I don't get that stuff. I guess maybe the question for Albert O could be effort. I know some people questioned his effort last season, and, well, that might have been fair at times. And I've sort of made some slight reference to the fact that him and Kelly Bryant didn't get along last year. Maybe that factored into the whole thing. I don't know. Albert was also banged up last season in training camp, as he often is banged up. So another thing to watch with him. Maybe he's one of those guys who will be better in the pros, but I've definitely still got my questions. And you know what? 
Speaking of questions, lingering questions, it sure seems like often I'm going, what's for dinner? That's my big question. You know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, my wife is a nurse, but we also have a small business, an even smaller daughter, and on top of that, all my responsibilities. In other words, sometimes planning for dinner is difficult, and that's why I love using Postmates. And if you're concerned about spreading COVID, by the way, Postmates has created non-contact deliveries. So now when you order from your favorite local restaurants, everything gets left right outside your door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using quite frequently, to be honest with you, to order takeout. And Postmates doesn't just deliver food, by the way. They make my life even easier by picking up just about everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off again right outside my front door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app, and use the code LOCKEDON. That's one word, locked on, for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And be sure to join me after the break for some more Mizzou basketball talk and, of course, Trey Jackson. Well, my boy, Trey Jackson is officially gone. I guess it's been official, but we now officially know where he's going to go. Now a Seton Hall Pirate, and it's a pretty good pickup for the Seton Hall Pirates, I think. And you know what? Quite honestly, Seton Hall's been a much better program in the last eight to ten years than Missouri, and it's not even close. So good for Trey. I Honestly, if he would have moved on and transferred to a program that was lesser than Missouri, obviously lesser, maybe a mid-major Maybe I would have questioned my evaluation of the young man a little bit, but honestly, the fact that Seton Hall gobbled him up, that should make Coach Martin and the rest of his staff question not necessarily their evaluation of him, but certainly their usage of young Trey. Just to run, not, run off is, is the wrong word because that implies that they did it intentionally, but I just think they really didn't manage not only his minutes, but his ego, and let's be honest, these kids do have fragile young egos regardless of that though regardless of psychology just you need reps in order to get better and honestly in the future you just got to give especially in what became a lost season for Missouri a season that didn't have a lot to play for you got to give those guys those young guys a lot more reps in my humble opinion because honestly now you're in a situation where if this team doesn't hit pretty well next year got basically the same team back this team doesn't at least sniff the bubble at least get close be in contention for an NCAA tournament bid there's not a lot of hope after that and I've made the deal I've made the point that yeah it's going to be a six million dollar buyout so maybe we will maybe we're stuck with Conzo for another year regardless or Conzo shit will be here I should say not to make it that pejorative to say we're stuck with him, but the reality is is we now have six seniors on our roster. That is a lot of people to replace in one recruiting class. And it's really hard to just 
rely on transfers too, as we've seen a whole bunch of transfers to get enough chemistry, enough good talent, really, quite honestly, to get the type team you need to make the tournament. And I think we saw that in 2013 to a large extent. After that famous 2012 team, there was, gosh, off the top of my head, there may have been six seniors off that team. There was at least five, I know that. And there would have been more if Lawrence Bowers hadn't injured his knee, obviously. So his senior year ends up being delayed by a year. Now, honestly, we got some really good one-year stopgap talent there. Alex Oriaki and Keon Bell, you know, you can pick some nits in their game for sure, but as far as one-year transfer players, you're not going to do much better than that. And yet, in spite of that, in spite of having Phil Pressy went on to play in the NBA, some other, you know, Ernest Ross was a good transfer, although he wasn't a one-year player. He was a two-year player, obviously, a more traditional transfer. But that was a good roster, a roster with a lot of talent. And yet, the fact that those guys were only there for a year didn't really do a whole lot for the program in the long term. And really, just that one season, okay, Missouri made the tournament. Super. They also got completely destroyed by an okay Colorado State team in round one. Not exactly the most memorable run in Mizzou history. Not something that, re- and more importantly, just not something that was sustainable. It didn't really lead to any future results, any future dividends, any payoffs. So basically, what I'm saying is if Conzo Martin doesn't get it done next year, regardless of whether we have to technically take that $6 million and just say, eh, you know what, maybe we should keep our $6 million and keep Conzo for another year. He'll be a dead man walking at that point, honestly. Barring some kind of huge miracle, barring some kind of huge recruiting turnaround that frankly just hasn't appeared yet. Actually, there's this guy, a longtime poster on the internet site Tiger Board. Now, if you're a huge Mizzou fan, you're probably aware of Tiger Board. You may not spend too much time on it. But there's this guy, Fiji Tiger, who's posted on there for years. I thought he made a pretty interesting point this morning. He said, our current assistants are not getting the job done. The assistant budget was largely consumed by Michael Porter Sr.'s huge salary, and he wasn't recruiting. Then he goes on to say, if we all re- if we replaced all three of those spots with three assistants who are directly tied to and can almost assuredly deliver one or two high-level recruits each, you have a completely remade roster restacked with talent. So his point there at the end is it actually is it, it doesn't necessarily have to take as long to rebuild a college basketball team as maybe some people think. Now that that may well be, we can quibble with that maybe to some extent, but I thought his first point was pretty interesting and that's that so much of the assistant budget of Conzo was consumed by Michael Porter Sr. And outside of his sons, where's where's the recruiting dividends really been paid there once again? You know, I think I think he recruited Parker Brown. I could be wrong there, but again, just not a lot to show for for our results there by by any of the assistants. Not to just pick on Michael Porter Sr., but you know, the results just haven't been there. And this last recruiting class, again, just really an embarrassment, to be honest. So things have got to pick up quickly. have got to turn around soon if, if Michael, if, if Conzo Martin, I should say, 
is going to remain the Missouri coach and and frankly get done and 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 have the type of success that I've been expecting him to have. I've been a I've been a Conzo Martin fan, but the last few months here have been really really tough to defend. And well, I hate to go out on a down note, so let's go out on a happy note. And I'll remind you to check out Blake Lovell over at Locked On SEC, doing a lot of great content over there for all you Southern and Midwestern, frankly, football fans. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.